हेलो वेलकम टू द सेल्फ लर्निंग पॉडकास्ट बाय डॉक्टर सुषमा सिंह लेट अस स्टार्ट डिस्कशन ऑन यूनिट वन लिगेसी ऑफ नेशनल मूवमेंट विद रेफरेंस टू डेवलपमेंट राइट्स एंड पार्टिसिपेशन एंड वी स्टार्ट विद द टॉपिक द गांधीन सोशल फिलॉसफी it is necessary to remember that gandhi's economic thinking was a part of his broader social vision of sarvodaya means upliftment of all that was originally conceived as antodaya unto the last towards this aim he devoted a major part of his constructivist program towards the abolition of untouchability and the upliftment of the people he called the harijans now called dalit though he did not present a separate economic program for them his puna pact with dr b r ambedkar gave them a political status in british india's electoral system that was retained in independent india it has been already mentioned that the spinning wheel gave the women an amount of economic independence through their own labor it should also be mentioned that it was gandhi's satyagraha that brought the women into the arena of politics and liberated them from their domestic bondages now let us move to the next point the consensus the indian national movement was above anything else a movement for political independence it had to mobilize different groups and interest it was necessary to avoid contentious issues that might divide the people and alienate sections of them yet no politics is without economics and to mobilize the largest section of people it was necessary to reflect their socio economic aspirations thus there appears to have crystallized three broad aspirations about the economy of an independent india first the capitalist dream of an industrialized india under minimal state control and state support second a gandhian view of basically ruler and self sufficient economy with minimal state control and large industry and third a socialist view of an industrialized india under strong state control and leadership as a result of the ideological debates evolved a basic minimal consensus on the course of economic development of india there could be no development without political freedom a certain amount of state control was necessary for the economy basic natural resources should be nationalized there was also an overwhelming opinion that zamindari and other intermediary rights in agricultural land should be abolished this basic consensus was somewhat inadequately reflected 
in the Congress manifesto on the eve of the provincial assembly's elections in early 1946. We call it inadequate because the 1946 elections were held on the basis of the franchise determined by the property qualifications to only 15% of the British Indian population and did not have to reflect the aspirations of the poorer section of pe the people that comprised 85% of the population. However, the Congress swapped the elections in all the non-Muslim majority provinces and even the Muslim majority provinces of the Northwest Frontier Province. In that manifesto, the party promised to encourage, modernize and rapidly extend industry, agriculture, social services and public utilities. For this purpose, the manifesto said, it will be necessary to plan and coordinate social advance in all its many fields to prevent the concentration of wealth and power in the hands of the inducers and groups, to prevent vested interest inimical to society from growing and to have social control of the mineral resources, means of transport and the principal means of production and distribution in land, industry and in other departments of national activity. The state must therefore own or control key and basic industries and services mineral resources, railways, waterways, shipping and other means of public transport, currency and exchange, banking and insurance must be regulated in the national interest. Thus the foundation of the state capitalism in India was laid. Somehow this kind of economic thinking came to be considered by many as socialism. Now let us sum up the unit. The Indian national movement had a legacy of political and economic protest. This in turn became a legacy for the independent India. In the later half of the 19th century, the nationalist leaders like Dadabhai Naroji, M.G. Ranade and R.C. Dutt gave a critique of the colonial exploitation. Initially, the Congress was concerned with the problems of the elite like representation of Indians to the senior government services and legislative bodies. But with the appearance of M.K. Gandhi on the political scenario, it took up the cause of the ordinary people, the peasantry and the workers. Some concepts and ideas which evolved during the Indian national movement became the legacy for the policy initiatives in the post-independence India. These were mainly Swaraj, political and economic rights, socialism, planning and consensus. 
Now let us wind up the session and we have come to the end of the unit. Thank you very much for engaging yourself with the self-learning podcast.